0: This guy today is unique. His name is Joseph Warren, and this guy is going to inspire you. And it's going to be—it's a fascinating story. How does a man go from uh, where he was growing up on welfare, government cheese, as he says, all of that, builds this huge business, loses everything, and then has a, way, a website called Blow Up Rocks? <laughs> which, you know, it's fascinating. Joseph Warren is, uh, is uh, the uh, podcaster who has Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. And he's a men's coach and founder of Blow Up Rocks, which is basically a coaching system that takes men from anger and stress to pe- peace and purpose. So today in Brave Men, you'll meet this man. remember, for tools and resources for discipling men, cmn.men, cmn.men, Christian Men's Network. Men. I'm Paul Lewis Cole, host of Brave Men. I want to thank you for being with us today. Man, it's great getting some texts and feedback from friends. You can write to me at paul at cmn.men, paul at cmn.men. Uh, Joseph Warren, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll do a couple things as we go into the podcast today. But he's married, has two children, also has an entrepreneurial podcast. But i uh, like, dude, where did Blow Up Rocks come from? And uh, how did you end up doing a, web, a, a podcast called Broken Catholic? Yeah, now what's your story? So it's a fascinating, fascinating story. I, I really like getting to know men like Joseph who have actually been there and done that. It's not theoretical. It's real life. He's really lived it. And uh, if you will, come out the other side strong, uh, successful, and uh, loving Jesus Christ with all his heart. You're going to you're going to really be inspired, renewed, rewired, re-everything, reinvigorated today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm talking with Joseph Warren, who's the host of Broken Catholic. And Joseph, I'm going to get right into it. I did a little intro of who you are and all your stuff, but you've got you've got this skill set in which you help men deal with stress and anger, and we're coming out of this unbelievable stressful time. What's the worst things we're doing right now to deal with that stress as men
1: as men, I think the worst thing we're doing with all that stress of feeling out of control in our lives or the things in our world we just can't maneuver we can't manipulate. Yeah. What we're doing with all that stress as it just stacks within us, is we're blowing up on our wife and kids. Oh, more often, More often than we like. And then we feel guilt and shame afterwards because the enemy comes in as the condemner. Right. How could you treat them that way? What kind of man yeah. are you? What yeah. kind of man yells at his wife and kids? And if we're not yelling at our wife and kids, you know, then we're finding other outlets to self-soothe, The anger that's stacking and burning, that inner rage. And it typically looks like porn. It looks like over drinking. It looks like overworking, staying at the office too long because you don't want to go home. It doesn't look like
0: golf. You know,
1: listen, when good things start to consume our time, they become bad habits. Yeah. And they eat away at the relationships that matter most to us, right? Those okay. eternal relationships. So that's what we're doing wrong right now. We don't know how to direct our anger. It's misdirected yeah. anger is the problem.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're dealing with that in ways that, that take us away. Whether we're there in person or not, we're not present with our family, our loved ones, friends, whatever it may
1: be. Yeah, and you and I spoke about this offline. The reason why we're not present is we're either on our phones or we're stuck in our heads. Yeah, This is where we live as men. And we feel we can control things in our head when, in fact, that's where all the chaos exists.
0: Wow. Yeah, so it's really the battle for the mind.
1: It's the battle for the mind. Absolutely. The way,
0: okay, and you've got a great phrase on that about uh, being in your head. Uh, or in your heart.
1: Yeah, for sure. The enemy's battleground, where he wins the battle time after time after time and will win the war, the spiritual war against you for your soul and your family's soul, the battleground is in your head. Mm. That is the enemy's home territory. It's like playing a home game wow. with your competitor, right? It's home wow. team advantage. Yeah. The enemy has home team advantage in our heads. Okay? God allows this in his great wisdom. I don't know why. I don't aim to know why. Agents of free will. Yeah. Right? But he allows it. This is why as a man, brother, you feel frustrated right now. You feel like, why do I have all these negative thoughts coming at me? What's wrong with me? Yeah. It's because it's home turf advantage with the enemy. Yeah. So what do we do with that? Well, you got to change the battleground if you want to win the war. Come on. All right. So you got to change the battleground if you want to win the war. What does that mean? Well, where does Jesus say and reveal in scripture that he lives? Is it in the head of man or in the heart of man? There you go. It's in the heart of man. That's right. We know this. You taught, we taught this as a kid in Sunday school. So if Jesus lives in the heart, but you brother are spending 24 seven in your head, we have a disconnect, don't we? Yeah. Wow. There's a problem there. Right? And they say what? The furthest distance in the universe in the universe is from the head to the heart. Yeah. This is true in many regards. But when you start fighting the battle in your heart where Jesus is, now you're able to access God's home field advantage. The kingdom of heaven resides within the heart of man because Jesus resides in your heart. So the enemy is powerless when you fight him on the battleground of your heart. And of course, we're not going to leave you there, brother, as you're listening. We're going to show you how to do that. How do you change the battleground from your head to your heart? But yeah. first, you have to know the problem. Yeah. And really understand it.
0: Psalm 119.11 uh God recorded, he said, Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And one of the things that we've talked about with Christian's Network quite often is your hands will eventually do what you've gathered in your heart. Proverbs 4 says, says, uh, guard your heart because out of your heart comes your life. Yeah. And we're talking about that. We're not just talking about the muscle, we're talking about the soul of a man, right? That's right. Spiritual, who he is as a spirit man. And, and your uh, website, which I, I absolutely think is fantastic, which is, you know, uh, break rocks, blow it, up rocks, blow, blow up, up rocks.com. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at, I'm looking at my notes about breaking rocks. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is absolutely fantastic. And what you're dealing with in all of that on um, blowuprocks.com, up dot com. blow up rocks is, is you're dealing with. Uh, there was a story that you had at the start of that website about a man who was dealing with porn. And he had a lot of shame on him and he felt like he was under, he woke up every morning just under a rock. And yeah. you're like, dude, let's just blow that rock up. I love that, man.
1: That yeah, awesome. for sure. The enemy wants us to believe, and, and you know this, right? The enemy wants us to believe, Paul, that there's something wrong with us. All right. And actually, let me just backtrack and just give context right to every man listening right now, because it's very important that we understand something. We have to understand the source. Okay. Again, the more you understand the problem, the quicker you find the solution. I think we can all agree on that. So I'm going to teach you right now to your audience. What's the guy problem that isn't taught in church, but should be. Right? There's a very clear guy problem going on in the church. All right. So the guy problem is this. Ever since you were a boy, all of us, the enemy has been lying to you. He's been whispering, in fact, three lies to you. But before we say that, let's give a little more context. When God made you brother and every one of his children, he put good soil in you. Mm. Soil that is rich and fertile with the intention of you being fruitful for his kingdom.
0: Yeah, Ephesians 2:10, you're as you are his masterpiece. Yes. Created so that's for good works. Yep.
1: Yes, so that's critical that we understand that we are made good. But we don't feel that way. And the enemy yeah. constantly is showing us evidence otherwise. So over time life took its toll on you, right? And the enemy's been targeting you right? Because he knew you were going to have a wife and kids and he wants to destroy their souls. And he has to get through you. You're the strong man in the house that Jesus talks about that he has to go through. See, so the enemy started lying to you back when you were a boy, he the same way he did to Eve in the garden. Okay. In fact, the enemy sold you three big lies repeatedly and convincingly until over time you started to repeat them back to yourself. Mm. And the moment you repeat a lie back to yourself repeatedly and convincingly, it becomes what? It becomes truth. Your truth. Yeah, your truth. Your truth, okay? Yeah. So if you ever wonder, brother, why you do the things you ought not do and why you don't do the things you ought do, like St. Yeah. Paul, this yeah. is why, okay? It's these lies. All humanity is plagued with it. This is the fallen nature within man. So lie number one, God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. If he did, then why did he let that experience Why did he let you experience so much pain and hurt when you were younger? Why didn't he protect you? See, God doesn't love you. That's the first lie. And then the enemy over your lifetime showed you evidence every time someone hurt you. Right. He goes, see, God doesn't love you. it on. Piles it on until you start to believe it and repeat it back to yourself, okay? Lie number two, God isn't a good father and Ah. you can't trust him. God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. After all, if he was a good, uh, where was he when that person hurt you or broke your trust? What's God holding back from you? Right? The same way he said to Eve, what do you mean God said you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? Mm -hmm. He's holding something back. He knows you'll become like him. See, he's not a good father. You can't trust him. So the enemy plants this lie and repeats it. Okay? Lie number three, you're no good. There's something wrong with you. You're broken. You're irreparable. Because if you were good, then God would have protected you. But you're a piece of crap. So he didn't and he won't. These are the three lies that the enemy's been telling you. The same three lies, year after year, relationship after relationship. And he showed you evidence. Every time someone hurts you or wronged you, evidence of the lies in your life through your your physical senses okay although you've listened to his lies since you were a kid you were like fought against them for a while you're like no God does love me my mom and dad told me God loves me I believe he loves me but once the evidence just stacked against you yeah. you gave in you gave in we all do right yeah. so here's the problem the lies are external the rocks I call rocks head trash, right? Rocks just means head trash. (laughs) That's what we're talking about here, okay? So every time the enemy threw the lies, they were from the outside in, okay? So rocks are external, the lies are external. The second you start to repeat them back to yourself, because you're made in God's image and likeness, every man, you are also part co creator with the creator of the universe. How did the creator of the universe, God, create the universe into a physical existence. Well, he spoke. Spoke a word. He spoke. So the spoken word gives you, brother, co-creative power into your life. Every time you speak, you either speak life into yourself and someone else or you speak death. There is no in between. It's one or the other. So it's very important that you're intentional with your language but you didn't know this so it's not your fault. You didn't know the enemy's throwing rocks at you other people have thrown rocks at you. You're throwing rocks back at them every time you say something that cuts them like a knife. Yeah. But meanwhile the enemy is manipulating us and he's got us throwing rocks at each other. I got a pile of rocks, you got a pile of rocks. You hit me, I'm going to retaliate. And what's happening is all the rocks are falling into our soil, our good soil. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they're sinking deeper down, and the the storms of life and the weather uh, just bury these rocks. And then we push them down because we don't want to deal with them because they hurt. So as men, we're professional pusher downers.
0: Well, there's no question we do that, and that's a great way to put it because we all get that. We understand it. Yeah, uh, it's like it comes up. Yeah, push. No, it down, no, no.
1: Oh, I don't want to deal with that that trauma when oh, I was. Yeah. You know uh you know taking advantage of as a kid or i was hurt yeah. or someone broke my trust i have shame there i'm gonna push that com- shame rock back down
0: apartment opens and we go nah, 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 close, nope. it, close it
1: right yeah,
0: yeah. so the,
1: it's a great metaphor for us to see that really so what happens is through life the rocks go deeper and deeper and deeper until they're completely out of sight exactly wow. where we want them yeah so yeah. we think what we don't realize because you know we believe this lie that oh time heals all wounds you've heard that right time heals all wounds this is a lie of the enemy propagated Uh, by the enemy and his evil doers time does not heal all wounds in fact time makes all wounds worse yeah they grow they fester they infect okay and they kill and they destroy infection gets worse over time so very important so time does not heal all wounds forgiveness heals all wounds. God's forgiveness heals all wounds. That's why the father sent Jesus the son to forgive mankind because it was the only thing that could forgive all things Wow. was forgiveness. So this is important to understand. So the further down your rocks go, out of sight, out of mind, which we like, they're festering and they're growing over time until the little pebbles grow into stones and the stones left unaddressed shame, porn, rock, uh, addiction, right? Guilt, all of these rocks, unforgiveness. They grow into boulders so big in fact that they raise themselves to the surface and now you can't help but notice them. And now you're like, Oh crap. I have an addiction. Oh darn. My wife wants a divorce. Oh, right and and now you you're like okay fine i got to drop everything i'm doing because i have to deal with this rock i got to get it out of my soil the problem is this you have a new problem brother the rock is now so big and so heavy that yeah. your strength is not sufficient
0: i'll give you a, i'll give you a little picture on that my wife was working on the, the back of our yard uh, a couple of days ago and uh picking up stuff and and weeds and Dirt and there were some rocks there and some stuff. Yeah. And uh, so she's getting all this and she's putting it into a uh, a container, you know, like a, a small trash can with a liner, a plastic liner. So finally she gets it where it's pretty full, and she says, Hey, can you come out and just pull out the plastic liner, this bag, and then carry it out to the other side of the garage, and then I'll do another one. <laughs> I went out there, and I mean. It must've weighed uh, 80 pounds or something. Or more than because, you. Yeah, because she didn't realize, you know, it's just a piece of dirt here, a piece of dirt there, yeah. a rock here, a rock there. And you just start putting it in there and, you're, and you don't realize pretty soon you've actually created, I go, we're gonna have to distribute this among a few bags. Mm. And you don't realize the weight you're carrying Until at some point you try to pick yourself up and it's too heavy.
1: So good. And the same way, Paul, that you had to take those rocks out one at a time, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? This is what God wants to do with each of his sons. Wow. He takes out one rock at a at a time, blast it to smithereens. And the good news, brother, is that there's hope. When God heals, it's permanent. When man heals. Normally you got to go back for a you know another visit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or right?
1: a few yeah. more. But if you look in the Bible, every time God healed, he never said come back for a follow-up visit. It was a permanent healing. So you God know, wants to permanently yeah. heal these rocks in us men. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. You know, uh Joseph, talking with Joseph Warren, uh blowuprocks.com and uh, broken catholic, uh, two great podcasts, and then uh And then also you've got the uh you've got the uh first 100k uh podcast sure which which is fantastic for christian entrepreneurs business people uh tremendous and all that will be on our show notes but you know it's easy for you to talk about this joseph because you had this perfect upbringing
1: (laughs) did you not hear the title of the other show broken catholic i was a broken mess brother Listen, I grew up with- Tell me, anger. tell me about that. Yeah, I grew up with a, a Marine father, all right? and And he wanted to do faith well when he came back from Vietnam, and he had his own pile of rocks he came home from war with. Yeah. Yeah. He watched his brothers, his comrades fall- yeah and he had to go down into enemy territory at the end of that horrific war, fly down on the double helo choppers down the line in enemy fire to retrieve the dog tags from his fallen brothers so that he could bring them back to their families, so their families could have one piece or one memory of their sons, their brothers. Okay, so you can imagine the trauma and the PTSD that this man experienced. Okay, well, what did he do with all those rocks? All that head trash. He pushed him down into his soil because nobody taught him what to do with it. Where's the outlet? We don't know. Nobody teaches us. So he pushed him down. He pushed him down, thinking out of sight, out of mind. He comes home. He's got good intentions. He meets my my uh, mother. She's uh, you know 100% Greek, right off a uh, you know the boat, so to speak. She's authentic Greek, kind of like the olive oil, you know. Yeah, sure. And he marries this woman. They fall in love, and they raise six beautiful children. But during that home life of love and joy and faith, there was a lot of religiosity and there was a lot of God is more of a someone to be feared rather than someone to run to. It was more, you know, Adam and Eve, if after the the sin, after the fall, they run away from God rather than run to him and ask for forgiveness. So I had this dysfunctional way of viewing God where he was more of a tyrant. He was more like my dad. He would yell a lot. He would condemn me and judge me when I messed up. So I didn't want anything to do with that kind of God. So now all of a sudden spiritual rocks are forming in me around my relationship with God, if I even had one. And then I would watch my dad blow up all the time in anger. He didn't know how to express himself without anger because he felt out of control in different areas or he couldn't control these six little human beings who had their own free will. You can imagine the frustration God has with us, right? So what does a man do with all that anger and frustration? Well, he blows up, it's a volcano waiting to erupt and the rocks would just fly everywhere and he would throw rocks at us with, not meaning to, he loves us. He'd throw rocks at my mom, not meaning to, he loves her but he didn't know what else to do and then he would feel guilt and shame afterwards and then he'd throw rocks back on himself and beat himself to crap Mm. right and round and round we go in the shame cycle of life as men so that's the upbringing i had well you can imagine that put some rocks in me yeah
0: yeah you know you grew up in a hurricane of rocks
1: thank you that's a good way to say it they were just flying constantly now i want to paint a good picture we had love in our home Right? We had God in our home. Right. But man, the enemy just needs the one access of anger. Mm-hmm. I believe, Paul, and disagree or agree, tell me what you think. I believe that the enemy's number one access into the home, into Christian homes right now, into your family, brother, is anger. And it's your anger. This is his access. And you don't even realize it. You just think, Oh, all men get angry. I blow up. Okay. I feel bad. Boom. This is the enemy's access to destroy the souls of your wife and your kids. Uh, but first, he's going to start with you.
0: You know, it's uh, and then how do you get yourself out of it? Because you know, the most quoted, this is really fascinating to me. The most quoted scripture, they, I can't remember if it was USA Today or, or whoever it was. They did a study on, on uh what's your favorite scripture in the Bible? <laughs> and, uh, just to show the biblical illiteracy of our culture here in the United States, where you and I live, mm. uh, the most quoted scripture that was quoted back to them was, uh, God helps those who help themselves, which is not a scripture. And so uh, one of the things that you talk about a lot mm. is that this anger, this suffering, all these things we deal with, uh, we try to fix it ourselves and self-reliance is one of the biggest uh, stumbling blocks for us as men. 100%.
1: Yeah. Think about it. Again, self-reliance. The rocks have grown to such a big enormous size like you picking yeah. up the bag from your wife is yeah. Too, yeah. too heavy. Yeah. Now, granted, that's physical rocks. You could take them out one at a time. Okay. What do you do with the spiritual rocks? What do you do with the emotional rocks that you can't touch and feel and grab and access? You yeah. don't even know where they are. They've been in there since childhood. You got wounds. You got shame. Someone hurt you. Like, what do you do with those rocks? Well, you can't access spiritual things like that. Spiritual rocks. Only God can. So self-reliance is not enough and it won't work in these areas that are destroying us from the inside out. So the way you win the inner game, the inner battle, the spiritual warfare is you must surrender the rocks to God. Yeah. For only God's strength is enough. And only God knows which rocks, where they are, and which come out first in which, which order. Because there's certain rocks within us that are linchpin rocks, cornerstone rocks. And when you remove one and yank it out, or God yanks it out, all the rest crumble.
0: It's an upside-down kingdom because surrender is not the first thing you and I think of when we go into a battle.
1: Well said. Because we're thinking of physical surrender, and there's a distinction I'd like to make to your audience, if I may, between physical surrender and spiritual surrender. Physical surrender, we look at, the world teaches us, is bad, right? It's the white flag. It's giving up. It's quitting. It's uh, losing, which means I'm a loser. I don't want to be a loser. No man wants to be a loser, so negative association. In the Bible, God speaks about spiritual surrender, about laying down your life, right? Your ego, your self-mastery, your self-reliance, hanging it on a cross next to Jesus yeah. in order to gain life, life that is real. So you're, you're putting your fake life to death crucifying it, so that you may be raised anew as a new creation in Jesus, right? So this is what we must do. That's a spiritual surrender, right? And I teach this in my coaching, and I walk men step by step. Here's what it actually looks like. Here's the steps to take and how you do it practically, right? So we can discuss more of that, or we could go into the seven deadly rocks that kill Christian men, or straight into the solution, because I think we really understand the problem now. And we could talk about the seven steps... To master your anger and stress.
0: Yeah. yeah, give me give me those in a second. But let me let me go back to this. Uh, so you grow up in this hurricane of dysfunction, mm-hmm. uh, cyclone of chaotic uh, dysfunction, and and then you start a business when you're 19, mm. which scales, mm-hmm. and you begin to find I'm sure at that point some identity in that, right? How does this thing begin to tip over into surrendering to Christ? Where's that happen in your life, Joseph? Talking to Joseph Warren with uh, blowuprocks.com, Breaking Catholic, and uh, First 100K, and whatever the next uh, two or three iterations (laughs) are that you're doing, (laughs) and the next radio uh, mogul of the United States.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, God.
0: So how did that tip over? Where did that thing tip over for you, Joseph, personally?
1: Yeah. So one thing I did was with all that anger from my childhood that yeah. you said is I channeled it into business. Right. And see anger when focused in one direction in business can make us very successful in business. Mm. Being a little control freak in business actually could serve us well financially. Yes, yes, yes. To right. all my little control freaks out there and the men I get to serve which are eight or nine figure business owners, yeah. CEOs, founders. They're like crushing it in business but they go home miserable they die with regrets okay so what's happening what's it what's, and I was on that path now okay so I wanted to be successful and first business right out the gate all that all those rocks I just threw in one direction towards business and we did okay you know business partners we did two million dollars our first year out the gate in, in our first startup uh, I didn't know what that guy I was doing but man I had energy and drive and anger. And a lot of control freak going on, right? And so it served me well in business, and that's the point I want to make. But it was destroying all my relationships. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, date well. I had so much dysfunction around women mm-hmm. from childhood. I had so much dysfunction around God. I've already expressed that, and then a ton of dysfunction in. What is a man? What is a good man? Who am yeah. I as a man? Like you identified, all my identity was in my finances, in my occupation. Yeah. What I did is who I was. Well, Your identity enemy.
0: was in your hands and
1: not your heart. Well said. Beautiful, beautiful. So, what happened was, uh, after five years of working 110 hours per week, workaholic, there you go, that's what we also do with our anger rocks and everything and stress, uh, I burnt out. Even though I was more than that
0: workaholic, you're a slave to yourself.
1: 100%. 100%, 100%, all right? So, and I had left behind, this was age 19 through 24 and a half or so. Right. And I had left behind God and family, okay? I want nothing to do with them. And I'm pursuing uh, three new gods, the God of money, success, and pleasure. And right. I achieved and found all three of them. But when I got to the top, so to speak, and I semi-retired after four and a half years, five years, uh, in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, great party city, uh, great place for a prodigal son to go waste his fortune. That's that was my prodigal son Sin City and and I partied everything away for five years wow. on loose women. I stayed away from drugs. Thank God I I, I, I you yeah. know. But I was almost murdered twice, you know, yeah. physically being strangled to death. Um and and didn't even have the thought in my head to ask God for help. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I say it this way, I was in such a bad place. I was that lost sheep out in the darkness in such a bad place, even though I was raised with God and faith. I was in such a bad place, Paul, that I was literally, as I'm being strangled to death and this person is whispering in my eyes and high on drugs and PCP didn't feel pain and whispered in my ears, what does it feel like to die? Mm. I knew that was the whisper of the enemy. I just couldn't articulate it back then. And I was a few breaths away from eternal damnation. Mm. A few breaths away. And God came, even though I wanted nothing to do with God, God came into the darkness to find me, the lost sheep. He left the 99 to find the one because he loves us that much. Brother, if you feel like you're alone, God's coming for you. And even when he put me, that lost sheep, on his shoulders and carried me home, Paul, I was peeing on his shoulders and disgruntled and ungrateful the whole way. I wanted, still wanted nothing to do with him, even though he spared my life. I walked out of that room, blind in one eye, blood gushing out, but I survived. I lived. And from there, it was a humble journey of over 10, 15 years of me rebuilding my fortune, but on my own, self-reliance. It's all I know wanted nothing to do with God, resisting His love, resisting wow. His help, yeah. until finally, I had this nagging prompting of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Come spend time with me. Come spend time with me. I just wow. kept hearing this in my head and in my heart, wow. and I'm like, what the heck, man? Right? And eventually, you know, they say, God pursues us, yeah. right? And the Holy Spirit convicts us, the enemy condemns us, the Holy Spirit convicts us. And I was just convicted. Come spend time with me. And eventually, I said one of the best prayers I've ever said in my life, Paul. And it's not a good prayer. It's a very ugly prayer. But God loves ugly ugly prayers if they're honest prayers. Yeah. And I said, "What do you want? (laughs) Can you see I'm busy trying to rebuild my life? Like somehow, somehow blaming God for my destruction, even (laughs) though it was self destruction." And I said, and the nagging, come spend time with me. And I was like, fine. You want me to spend time with you? Here you go, God. Here's all my bills. Go ahead and provide me enough money to pay off everything. And I will come spend time with you. And if not, I don't want to hear from you again. Wow. Arrogance. Yeah. Spiritual pride. But you know what? God will meet a son right there yeah remember um, the prodigal son he took the initiative he came back to his senses he took the one step towards god right he started walking back and what did the father do he ran to him yeah god will always if we just take a step towards him he will do the rest and from that day forward i uh god provided the money it was in a very uh way i didn't expect and i was able to take off for eight months paul and i'll wrap up this story um and what did i do with all the money, uh, I and, and taking off for eight months, I went and partied away with some buddies and went back into the lifestyle. We rented a 10-bedroom home in the Hamptons on Long Island, with some beach houses in Florida, and I was off to go to the next it's one. It's like when a
0: typical it, thing, you know, God help me, then he helps you, and you go, yeah, yeah, I'm good now.
1: Exactly, right? So from there, it was like a, a Christian buddy, and I had confided in him. I had a few good men around me. And uh, he stopped me before my next trip. And he said, hey, Joseph, how you doing? I'm like, really good. Everything's going well. He goes, yeah, I see that. So it sounds like uh, God did his end of the bargain. How you doing with yours? Wow. And it was like a throat punch. Wow. And I was like, crap. I canceled the trip.
0: Mm. I
1: showed up at the church right by me. I was pissed off. I was angry. I was resistant. I didn't want to be there. And I said, God, a deal's a deal. Uh, I'm here. I'll spend an hour a day every day. I'll come here and just sit with you. Um, If you want to talk, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just be bored and I'll do it for two weeks, an hour a day for two weeks. That's, That's my payoff. That's me losing the deal, so to speak. And you know what? God works with that. And over the next two weeks, oh my goodness, he started to chip away at my rocks. <laughs> and he started to put men in my life who spoke love and light, his light into me. They invited me to other groups. And then I hired people to help me, uh, hired coaches to help me blow up yeah. the rocks that God started to bring to the surface and show me, I want these out of you, son. I want to set you free. Wow. And that's how it all began.
0: Man, that's fantastic. And now here you are helping other men do the same thing with BlowUpRocks.com, and uh, the ministries you have. Give me those seven things, because because we we, we kind of did a little uh, a little tease on that, but I yeah. wanted to find out the the real deal, because be, because sometimes we don't know what's behind a guy, and we go ah well he was probably you know he he was probably cool he's probably chilled and and uh, and probably had everything provided for him, and now he's teaching me this stuff. And I Mm -hmm. went through crap, and this guy didn't go through anything. And now we know that that maybe your hell was worse than most of ours, (laughs) you know,
1: or at Uh, least comparable.
0: Yeah, comparable. We all go through. It's all relative, right? It's all relative, and uh, it's uh, so. I love hearing that, and I love hearing that background. And so, what are the seven things? Give me the seven things that that help us push through.
1: All right, so gentlemen, brother, here are the seven steps for you to master your anger and stress. I'm going to give you the what to do. I'm not going to give you how to do it. We don't have time to do that. And if you want that, that's what I teach in my coaching.
0: Blowuprocks.com.
1: Exactly. All right. So the step one you must do to master your anger and stress is you must take outrageous, outrageous ownership, outrageous ownership. This simply means I take extreme ownership for the life that I've created. No one else is to blame. I face and I embrace the consequences of all my decisions, the way I've allowed people to treat me well, and the way I've allowed people to mistreat me. I will not try to escape my life ever again. So you have to take outrageous ownership. That's outrageous to the world. Because right now we're in... Go ahead. It's called maturity. We accept responsibility. That's exactly it, right? But many of us won't. No, of course not. Okay. And that's the problem. So that's the first step. You got to look at your life and because, say, "Is it?"
0: here's the deal because the culture has been built for men to be able to stay immature. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's a setup. Every, in fact, think about the movies, like uh, a hangover and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Older guys with really great jobs playing, still playing video games and screwing up. And it's like license, permission to stay immature, not accept responsibility. What's number two?
1: Number two radical responsibility. Step two radical there responsibility. This yeah. means I will lean in and I will do whatever it takes to create workability in all areas of my life. Wow. And I accept that no one is coming to save me. Wow! Let me say that again. I accept that no one is coming to save me. Brother, no one is coming to save you. You have a savior, only one, his name is Jesus, but you must take the steps. It starts with outrageous ownership and radical responsibility to do the work. Number three. Step three, loving leadership, loving leadership. This means I, I uh, I have a three word definition I've coined for leadership, whether it's in business or in life or in relationships or being the spiritual leader of your home as a man. Leadership means this, you go first. Yeah. You go first. You can apply that to any area of leadership on the planet. Yeah. Jesus himself went first. He yeah, says, there's the cross, there's Calvary, watch me. He went first, then he said, follow me, take up yeah. your cross daily. Right. So leaders, loving leadership means you go first. It means I will put myself at risk. I will take the arrows in my life, mm-hmm. not my wife, not my kids, not yeah. my parents, not my siblings, not my friends, not my employees. I'll take them all. And I'm going to start today. See, that's loving leadership, brother. That's what God's calling you to do. Wow. He went first and he's gonna hold each man accountable. It's not your wife's responsibility to spiritually lead the home. Remember, when Adam and Eve fell, who did Jesus hold accountable? Who did he speak to? Who did he talk to, yeah. And what did Adam say? It's the woman's fault, blame. And then when that wasn't good enough, he said, well, you gave her to me. It's your fault, God. Only two people he knew. Yeah, so he didn't accept the responsibility. That's what God was waiting for. Same for you, brother. Step four spiritual surrender spiritual surrender we wow. spoke about this earlier yeah, this means that. i give god total and complete control over all areas of my business and my life and my family right total control right that doesn't mean that means you have to release the white knuckle grip that you're holding over that one area of your life that god wants
0: yeah sacrifice in the bible is always about life
1: yeah always about Ab- life. absolutely This means, spiritual surrender means, I am only responsible. Brother, you ready for this? This is a truth that set me free. You are only responsible for your action or inactions. Inaction, yeah. Okay? All outcomes and results belong to God. All of your stress is coming from that one statement. All the stress in your life is from you taking on control of the outcomes and results You're trying to manipulate people or uh, situations to go the way you think they should go. This is where all your stress is coming from. And they don't because you're not actually in control, because you're not God. So all outcomes and results belong to God. The outcome and results of the business meeting you're about to have, the deal you're about to close, the conversation where you need to ask your wife for forgiveness, how it goes, whether it goes well or bad or whatever, all outcomes belong to God. You are responsible, brother, to take the action or the inaction. Sometimes don't retaliate is a good inaction. Don't yell back at the person. Don't curse them out. Don't cut them off on the road. Does that make sense? Yeah. Number five. Number five, bold belief, bold belief. Wow. This means I place all my trust unreservedly in God's providence and in God's biblical promises. I believe that the king of the universe, brother, if you believe that the king of the universe is your father and and you are his son and he's a good father, then it is unreasonable for you to ever... Doubt, complain, or worry about your future. Yeah, It's unreasonable. Why? Because God runs the universe. He's your father. He loves you. You're yeah. his son. It's unreasonable for you to worry. The reason why you worry all the time is because of your lack of faith. You don't yeah. actually believe it.
0: You don't really it. trust him to be him. Yeah, you So a bold uh, belief. It's, it's how Jesus taught us to pray. He said, pray this way, our father. Mm-hmm. And so it started... Uh, we think in images, right? We don't think in words. We don't think in consonants. We think in images, and story, and yeah. narrative. And so, what Jesus did right off the top of where he taught his disciples to pray is he said, "I want to give you an image, which is the highest manifestation of who God is to you and me." Boom! That "Oh, great sovereign one, oh, great creator," was our Father. He made it intimate and personal, and touch was involved. I, I, beautiful. Yeah, I love it, man. So we have to
1: claim sonship. We have to claim that sonship until we actually believe it. Okay? Yeah, what's number six? uh, Number six, powerful perseverance. Powerful perseverance. This simply means I will wait patiently on the Lord, on the, on God to bring me his best, not my best, his best. I'm gonna let go of my plans and schemes. Joseph's best has never been adequate. I could tell you that in my own life. So wait patiently on the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, you little control freaks. Wait yeah. patiently on the Lord. That's what God is telling us through scripture. Yeah. He's saying it twice because he knows our need to control everything in our lives. And what do we do in the meantime while we're waiting patiently on the Lord and persevering? Well, God gives us the answer. Be brave and courageous because it takes bravery. It takes courage to rely on God and wait on him and his timing. It really does. So this is what it means, right? If you want God's best in your life, brother, you must pass God's test. If you want God's best, you must pass his test. You're going to have to wait on his will and his timing. Okay. Powerful Hebrews, perseverance.
0: Yeah. Hebrews says, you know, one of the reasons you don't have what, what, uh, you know, the will of God is for you is you, you have need of endurance. Mm-hmm. You have need of endurance. And, um, and so there, I, I think to receive what the promise of God, perseverance, endurance, resilience, grit, however you want to state it. It's like, take the next step and then take the next step after that one. That's it. Perseverance. What's number seven?
1: Number seven, brother, are you ready? You ready? Eager expectation. Eager Eager expectation. If you've done the first six steps and they're in chronological order, by the way, right? Or spiritual order, I should say. Eager expectation means that I expect only good things from God because I'm his son and he loves me. So I expect miracles in these areas of my yeah. life where I have rocks, I expect 100% total permanent healing from and deliverance from these rocks that are crushing me. Because I believe that everything is possible with God yeah. and that I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Let's go. This is what we're talking about. Eager yeah. expectation, childlike expectation. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, power of possibility thinking. It's uh, overcoming negativity. It's, it's defeating the enemy with faith.
1: Yes, because we worship a God of possibilities. With God, all yeah. things are possible. So if our father, we're made in his image and likeness, is a possibility God, then we are possibility sons. And Everything. if we're not showing up as sons yeah. of possibility, we're missing it
0: expectation is the atmosphere for miracles. Boom. Everything lives or dies based on the atmosphere it's in. Yes. And if you did all of these things and you didn't start operating in faith and expectation that God would be God, then if you will, it undercuts the other things you're doing here. This is a brilliant list. Uh, I want to mention again, Joseph Warren with uh, blowuprocks.com. And uh, first 100K uh, podcast, blowuprocks.com is a coaching uh, mechanism. You you get you help guys deal with anger and stress in particular.
1: Correct. So number one coaching program in the world, it's elite men's coaching for Christian husbands who want to go from angry and stressed to peace and purpose, guaranteed in 90 days or less.
0: Hey, Okay. Can we actually also give you names of guys we want you to call? <laughs> probably not publicly
1: on the show yeah okay, uh,
0: i've got a couple phone numbers in the 202 area code
1: <laughs> i'm sure there's more Anybody than a knows few knows
0: where that is that's washington dc anyway nonetheless uh man joseph warren you you are filled with stuff you've got a book also i want to mention the book uh would you talk about that briefly
1: yeah so i've been literally pulling out of this book, peace and purpose right. for this conversation. So if you want to learn more about those, those lists, I just came up with, you want to deep dive, uh, you could go get my book, peace and purpose, an easy and proven way to eliminate anger and stress in 90 days or less, how to master those negative emotions without therapy, without counseling. Cause we hate doing those things as men, cause it means something's wrong with us. Right? So if you want to do that, I'm going to give you the book free of charge. Go to freepurposebook.com, freepurposebook.com. Go grab yourself a copy. Uh, We'll mail it out to you. Uh, I will cover the book. You cover the shipping and handling. That's the deal. Freepurposebook.com. You got it.
0: And that's fantastic. Thank you for doing that. Broken Catholic is also a a number one podcast for Protestants and Catholics and uh, brilliant guests. And uh, your first 100k I listened to one of those the other day. Uh it was one that just came out with uh with uh lucked. The Yes, Kimberly. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And uh brilliant stuff, great content. And so uh Joseph Warren, thanks for hanging out with us on Brave Men. Really a blessing. I I uh you know, being with you, you are you have one of those uh things around you that's sort of like you hang out with Joseph Warren and you get done and you feel larger. You feel a little stretched because he makes you think about things, but you feel like a bigger person. And that's, uh, that's the atmosphere of the anointing of God. Mm. And that's Thank you. Isaiah oh, 61, you know, that we bring a uh, joy where there's pain and, and light where there's darkness and beauty from ashes and, uh, freedom to those who are in captivity. And Joseph Warren, you're doing that. And I want to recommend your ministry. And not only that, Uh, I want men who are listening right now to pray for you, Joseph, because with the work you're doing, uh, obviously you put a target on your back, right?
1: It's it's on my back and my front and my forehead. I was
0: going to say, and on your head, you know, for drones. And uh, so it's, uh, so, you know, we just need to pray protection over men like you who are out there doing it and getting stuff done. And the world's going to change one man at a time. I believe, Joseph, that when Jesus returns, and he is, and it's probably soon, uh, I believe he comes back for a strong, powerful, robust church full of strong men and women yes, who uh, who didn't just lay down and kind of hang over the abyss of, of total defeat and failure. And we're just hanging there, and he finally comes back. Uh, we're waving a white flag. I believe he comes back for a church that's powerful and strong, And we, as his bride present to him here,
1: here's your church. And he comes back and he goes, well done. That's the parable of the the servants with the talents, right? He comes back and we're like, look, father, we multiplied the talents you gave us.
0: Yeah. And you're one of those guys, man. So well done.
1: Thanks brother. Right uh, back at you. You spot it. You got it.
0: Very cool, man. And uh, you and your wife and, and two little ones and, everything you're doing. We pray blessing on you and pray every place your your feet go is holy ground and everything your hands touch will prosper and that God will keep you deep within the grip of his grace. In In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Joseph. Thanks for being on Brave Men today.
1: Thank you, Paul. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole.
0: Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.